The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. My name is Maureen Metcalf. I am your host, the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I'm an executive advisor, a speaker, coach, and author of the award-winning book series focusing on helping leaders innovate how they lead. I am also on faculty at the universities in the U.S. and Germany. Today, our show will focus on executive insights with Joe Gallo. Joe is the president and chief operating officer at the Dispatch Printing Company. Yes, we're the printing company that doesn't have any print. (laughs) And we'll get into into that a little bit. Um, Joe's a high-energy leader with quantifiably proven results and strategic planning at the enterprise level. He aligns business objectives with consumer needs resulting in efficient, high-performing teams and predictable results. He's entered a range of industries over the course of his career that are in the process of change. His wisdom and insight with years of transformation skills enable him to position companies within a high-change industries for success. And really the reason I love what Joe does is his entire career has focused on working in the space of transition. So because the show focuses on the rate of change and helping position leaders to deal with disruption, the fact that Joe was willing to talk to us because his entire career has been focused on either creating the new industry in a greenfield space or in the case of a printing company that is now a media company, helping Mm -hmm. transition companies in a range of industries and in a range of structures from large publicly held companies to family-owned companies. He's really demonstrated the agility of thinking and action that leaders need to demonstrate in this era. So I'm delighted that he is going to share with you his experience in both how do I anticipate and change, how do I anticipate and build, but also bring in that community focus as we've integrated that into some of our shows, talking to leaders from the community forum and others, that the success of business really is based on not only a brilliant strategy, but alignment with what's going on in the community. So today's outcome As effective leaders, it's critical to recognize and anticipate market shifts and proactively position companies to be nimble but stable during these times of change. Joe is known for his ability to shape companies to thrive in the face of change. He is also community-focused. Part of his role involves building community partnerships that impact the success of the overall, for us, Columbus and, and the region, and we'll explore part of why he believes that's important. Our goal in this Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organization show is for leaders to walk away with something every week from the guest that they are able to implement in their own lives. So the idea of experimenting with new ideas, and I imagine that everyone will walk away with something from Joe that will provide them insight that they can tailor to their work. So let's get started, Joe. How about tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I have uh, 28 years' experience, and as you mentioned, it's in varying industries, both large and small. I was with Mobile Oil back in the early 90s, and people don't recall, but back then, Mobile was struggling because oil was very, very cheap. It's kind of ironic how we've come (laughs) full circle once again, but it's an accident of my career, or a fortune of my career, I guess, (laughs) that I've hit these companies all while they're in a 
critical transition what they go through. But I've had the large public experience with Mobile Oil, the large private experience with Cox Enterprises, and then smaller experience with an internet startup called Proxicom, and now with the Wolf family at the Dispatch Printing Company um, doing media. So I have been very fortunate over that career to have mentors and coaches at each one of those organizations that really has helped shape my leadership philosophies and what I do. And early on, you have those life things that you're able to reflect on and look back. And actually, back in high school, I was working for a retail group and also a wholesaler, and that really emphasized customer service Mm. and working with customers, trying to understand what they wanted, whether it be get in and out very quickly or um, need help with healthcare in mm. the case of a healthcare company and a local drugstore. But then also just taking a block class in computer programming. In the, I don't want to share how early days. <laughs> but you and I went to university around the same time. so. <laughs> but uh, the combination really uh, guided me to switch from an engineering type focus to finding information systems as a college major that combined both mm-hmm. um, technology and business. And then uh, much later going on to get my executive MBA to uh, get some more academic background for senior level roles. Yeah, and Joe and I did go to the same university, so it was That's right. early in, in the technology era. <laughs> okay, so the bulk of your career has been spent in companies and in industries that were either emerging, like the internet changing what media looks like now. Uh, what qualities do you think are most important to drive change in this environment? So an overarching quality, I think, is adaptability and willingness to change. And that seems so obvious, but it's so easy in the corporate world for people to be in their job, in their role, thinking the world is wonderful and just keep doing the same thing the same way and expecting the world not to change around you and get the same result. You know, I was talking to a manufacturing company yesterday, their CEO, and that that was the one point that we were talking about, is even in that space, um, if I sell to oil and gas, and gas prices and oil prices have dropped, my customer base has now changed. What, what do we need to do differently as a company? And that agility, is that our market anymore? How do we change quickly? in an environment that doesn't seem that is externally sending shocks, and yet we've got fixed equipment. Yeah, that's a constant challenge, and that's really where you know, people think that you need to be nimble and run and race to the next great thing. The reality is that with your company, to be successful, you have to have a really, really strong culture and quality mm-hmm. of you know, what your company is and what it stands for. But that adaptability is what's key. So it's a tough item to be both very, very adaptable, but yet very stable. And the stability part comes in in the Mm -hmm. culture because it's about the people. And you want your culture to remain consistent and the way you interact with people to be consistent. But you have to be agile and be flexible to adapt to whatever the customer needs. That's another area where... I think in this age now where everybody's on everything, we have so much information on customers Mm -hmm. that that's actually becoming easier, but at the same time is extremely hard because we have so much. So we've gone from thinking we know our customer and staying in that safe, comfortable world where we don't need to adapt Mm -hmm. to now having all that customer information and needing to adapt. You know, uh, one of our interviews is with a brain scientist And one of the things that we discussed recently is the idea that now in market research, you know, we used to do focus groups and we believed what people told us. Mm -hmm. And now we find that when we put them in MRIs while they're telling us what they want, that their brains are not in agreement with what their mouth is saying. So now we even have different information that says people think they know what they want and they're not always consciously aware. So we're still getting interesting information. Yeah, it's very inconsistent. (laughs) I think that's human behavior. You know, if you ask somebody, Mm -hmm. would you want to pay for something or would you want it free? 
of course, they're going to say free. Yeah. Because you just asked, <laughs> right? But when they're out in the real world and doing something, you know, they're willing to pay a little something because there's great service or capability mm-hmm. that they want. So trying to do a focus group, it is very challenging. In media, you know, we have talent and anchors and people that we want to mm-hmm. know how they're being received and what's happening. So on an aggregate level, we get every single day ratings and mm-hmm. share of a market, and it tells us, you know, how we did the night before. But we also do the focus groups because, you know, that says, you know, very particularly for this talent, they like and dislike certain things. So as much as we have all that information every day, we still want that focus group. But it mm-hmm. is interesting. You know, you do have to be so careful what you ask and how you ask it. Because, again, if you ask, you're going to buy or you're going to be free, or mm-hmm. is this person pretty or not pretty, or do you <laughs> like this person or not like this person, um, in that immediate question, they're going to give you something that's quite likely totally opposite of what they truly behave and do in the real world. That's interesting. I'm just thinking of what do, what do we monitor daily? And sometimes it's things like weight. And we, we people who pay too much attention to that are encouraged to not respond daily. Sure. And, and I'm assuming similarly, you do and don't respond daily to the, the data that you have to know what's going on in the environment, not just how many people watched last night. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually a challenge, I think, of um, going up the corporate ladder, so to speak, and Mm -hmm. having more senior-level roles because you need the people that are very tactically looking at data and ratings and Mm -hmm. making tweaks and adjustments here and there to improve. But I I need to step back and think, okay, and, you know, next month and next quarter, but more importantly, being a private company, we're fortunate we can think in three and five year terms. You know, what's this really going to look like further out? So as you're talking about this, I realize we haven't talked about what the dispatch printing company actually does since they don't do printing. So let's step back into that to give give people more context. Good good point. So – we uh, The reason it was printing, we used to have a lot of printing with the mm-hmm. Columbus Dispatch was the newspaper that was sold last year. Uh, the transaction actually completed in June of 2015. And it took us from having over a 130-year legacy of the family-owning print to now what we are is still a media company, but a media company that uses – um, broadcast, that being TV with two TV stations, radio with um, 97.1 The Fan, which is sports talk radio, and we have an Ohio News Network, which is a statewide radio capability. Mm. And then uh, along with that, the company does some real estate investing and have that arm of the company as well. Uh, a big piece of the portfolio is truly the changing interaction of the customer like we were talking about because digital is becoming a main conduit for how people consume content Mm -hmm. and engage with us. It used to be the media model was an authoritative push. We knew what to cover. Mm -hmm. We knew what was important. And we just pushed that information. Mm -hmm. And customers or the, the community you know, reacted to that content Mm -hmm. and were happy to see it. Now with digital, it's more of a dialogue because you get that feedback and they engage and inquire and social media is playing such a huge role Mm -hmm. in that as well. So you joined the company as the CIO and you're now the president and COO. Those are different roles, obviously. Yeah, very different. And it's really a reality of where the industry is going. And I give um, Mr. Wolf and Mr. Fiorelli a ton of credit because mm-hmm. um, they chose me, of course. So that's, that's <laughs> so, such a bad thing. So at first they're wise. <laughs> <laughs> but really, uh, I, I think what they recognize is that technology is a critical piece. I mean, it mm-hmm. always has been for broadcasting in particular yeah. because you had to keep up with even – Um, what consumers are aware of as standard definition TV, and we all went to Mm high-definition TV. That was a massive change for our industry and an upgrade in technology. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, looking at it too, I wasn't just focused on technology. I was focused on people and process throughout the organization. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something unique that's coming, quote unquote, up or growing up in technology mm -hmm. is that I'm able to see a large breadth of the company and do it as an enabler of new and better process and people capability, just having to use the vehicle of technology. You know, as I work with a range of CIOs in town, and it seems like the most successful, having moved through their careers to senior levels, seem to understand that at the C-level, it really is about making decisions for the entire organization. So I can't just decide technology, even as the CIO, I still have to take into account people and process. Yeah, absolutely. And more times than not, it's 85% people process and 15% <laughs> technology. Because you're, you could quickly, if you just automate dysfunction, Mm -hmm. You're going to have exasperated dysfunction. <laughs> You're not going to have, you know, great improvements. So you need to, you know, really understand what's happening, what's the reason, and it's a natural tendency for everybody, right? If you know your car breaks down, well, okay, we're going to fix it or we're going to get a new one mm -hmm. because that one must be bad. It's you know that. That one's fault. The reality is you never changed the oil in the car, and the car <laughs> broke down. So the process is broken there. So it's a simple analogy, but truly that's you know, a focus you have to have. And as an executive, I think that's helped me a lot because now when people you know, bubble up issues, which is a lot of, um, unfortunately, being at the senior level, the fun part is the strategy and where we're going yeah. and what's the future uh -huh. look like. But the negative, so to speak, is that you do get the final arbiter of major issues. And if you just focused on, you know, what is broken and what's wrong with being broken and make a quote unquote ruling based on that, you're not going to be successful as a both leader and a company because you got to go back and say, you know, when was the last oil change, to continue that bad analogy? <laughs> but the diagnosis, so, so I set the strategic vision, I identify what's not working and what is working. Exactly. I build on the good stuff. One of the terms we use that I love is positive deviance. I find who's doing things well on, on the – yeah, doing things well. Right. And really build on that as well as identifying the broken – yeah, absolutely. And that's a, you know, positive deviance is an interesting term. <laughs> yes. you know. Yeah, because it's not just following the rules. It's actually rule breaking on the positive side. Yeah, that absolutely. And, it, you know, being able to recognize that and um, that's part of that adaptability stability equation, right? You, if you look at just what broke and not recognize the person for giving adaptability mm -hmm. and moving where it has to be that, you know, would be a negative. So it's a great term. I like that. Thank you. So let's get a break on this. And the point that struck me as so poignant is almost paradoxical. We have to be, and I'll say in some cases, almost militantly adaptable. And yet, at the same time, keep the business running and meeting customer needs. So on, on one side, I'm working as hard as I can to to be nimble and adjust to what's coming next down the down the road and at the same time delivering consistently high quality content in the case of a media company yep. and also keeping an environment that is stable enough that employees know what they're coming into in the morning because we as humans also want some level of stability right yeah and that's you know for us as a media company you mentioned you know content and the importance of creating the content. If we just focused on creating good quality stories, we would miss what we really should be focused on, which is where we are. We want good quality and quality is the essence of being number one in the market. And that's something we're very proud of. But it's also, you know, we want to inspire people or businesses to change based on that information. So, you know, it's deliver a product but deliver a product to do something. In our case of media, it's to inspire people to action. 
So that's brilliant. Let's come back to that after break, inspiring people to action through media. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We're joined by Joe Gallo today, the president and COO of the Dispatch Printing Company. And as we went into break, we talked about two terms, positive deviance and the purpose of the dispatch. So remind us what you just said. So really the purpose of media, we believe, is to inform for everybody. But for us, it's not just to inform, but to inspire people and businesses to action. So that you want to really own your issues or own you know, what it is that we're communicating on. And it's interesting now, we also talked about the reality of ratings and overnight ratings. Mm -hmm. Now you don't wait anymore to find that out because of digital media and social. You're getting engagement almost immediately from the community and being able to understand how that content is being received. So where does the, do you use Facebook? How does the engagement happen? Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, okay. whatever alphabet <laughs> du jour, they're all, you, you have to you know your audience and, mm-hmm. you know, know where it's happening. And it's interesting because, you know, some things that we get very high ratings points mm-hmm. for on a TV broadcast mm-hmm. may be a dud digitally. Right? People just don't engage on a topic, but on, on the news – it's a very, very high rating. We can see we promote something. Mm-hmm. They want to see the story and watch the story. But then they're done with the story. So it was good mm. information. It didn't inspire anything. So that's, again, where you, know, you set your goal to one thing. But if you really want to engage with the community, that inspired action is something that is important for us. So it's inspired to action is not always, I'm just thinking of different companies and their missions. Often it's profit-driven, and yet the, and I'm sure you aren't in business to lose money. So I, I, (laughs) (laughs) there is some some incentive for profit. That's career limiting, (laughs) I do agree. (laughs) But but we've talked uh, talked about conscious capitalism and things like that. And what's fascinating to me is there are many people I've worked with that don't ever use those terms and maybe not even know those terms. And yet they're running an enterprise in a way that is community focused. And it, it seems like, tell us a little bit more about the Wolf family and the commitment to community. Yeah, the family has a really long legacy in the community. And 
you know, and they own the company. They that, own that's, the company. So I'm not talking about clear. a random family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Wolf family does own the company, and they've owned the company for years, and it's multi generation from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's engaging in community service if it's for business, as you mentioned, and profit. If mm-hmm. you're engaging in community and the community service just for profit, that's a failed model. Mm-hmm. It truly is. I mean, you, nonprofits do that. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They engage to help a particular need in the community, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. Corporate America should engage to you know improve the community and the lives of the people and businesses within the community. And I think the Wolves really, I'm fortunate to have come to the senior level as president with them as a company, because that was the one piece for me personally that I really have learned in spades from them. It's a, when you engage in the community, you, know, you engage in the community to help it. Mm-hmm. And in some cases you're going to do that and people agree and that's great. But in many times, people don't understand what it is that's being improved or what the initiative is, and it can anger them. But at the end of the day, you need to recognize what your contribution is to the community. And they, as a family, have always been very um, strong protectors and guardians Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the Columbus community. And and that, for me, feels different coming from D.C. Not that there aren't people in D.C. who are very committed. I just didn't know them. So so that wasn't part of my lexicon here. When I moved to Columbus, people had a huge commitment to the dispatch. I I didn't have that sense for the Washington Post. Right. That that just this is part of the community. So you said that sometimes that commitment angers people. Can you give an example? You know, there's nothing that immediately jumps to mind that, uh, you know, it's many, many little things, you know, where it goes. Um, You know, the one thing that we got associated with was the casino Mm. as an example. And that really wasn't, you know, us doing anything about where Mm -hmm. the casino would be located. It was the reality of it being placed downtown and Mm -hmm. how that could be a negative for Mm -hmm. the city. So, you know, that's one that just by association, Mm -hmm. people looked at us Mm -hmm. and, you know, said, why is it not good for downtown, but okay for the west side? But Ah. the reality is, you know, that isn't us making those decisions or us pushing an agenda. It's us understanding what the community concerns are Mm -hmm. and engaging with the community to understand you know, what could be good or what could be best for the community. And you've also done, you again, you as the person running the company in many ways, have also done a lot of things that are hugely beneficial for our community. I know the wolves aren't necessarily in front of those taking credit for, mm-hmm. but it seems like they're not like the Wexner Center for the Arts and the Wexner medical center your name isn't on the buildings but my understanding is behind the scenes you do a ton for this community yeah and it could be something as simple as just being a sponsor okay having mcs at events Mm -hmm. to help drive audience Mm -hmm. and engagement at an event and you know there are really two very recent examples you know columbus is struggling with infant mortality rates Mm -hmm. so you know my boss the ceo and president mr friorelli is on that commission to help study what is that mm-hmm. thing in the community and what can we do about it as an overall community. Another one just recently with the Orlando shootings, you know, we looked at, you know, what could we do here in Columbus and what would be good for Columbus. And um, 10 TV as a team and us as a company um, mm-hmm. created the Columbus Strong event. Oh. And it was attended by thousands of people. We pulled in radio partners mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know it was a great event and it's a great example where you know, that community engagement is both you know intertwined with what we do mm-hmm. and how we should use our vehicle mm-hmm. to go from just providing information but inspiring people to action and Columbus Strong I think was a, a great success because it was about sharing love and not hate mm-hmm. so for our listeners who are global um, many people don't know what Columbus Strong is. Can you share that? So that truly was just a one-off event that we created okay. to have a rally 
okay. that was um, at one of the local parks for people mm-hmm. to come and truly mm-hmm. share um, positive experiences and having a large group come together positively and not negatively as a community. And it, it was in reaction and also to you know even simply sign cards mm-hmm. for the Orlando victims. So now I'm getting choked up. I listened to a story on the way in um, of a minister. It was on StoryCorps uh, of a minister, the the largest killing of of people at a gay event before this was in New Orleans. And so they pulled in the minister who led the um, – it was a church event that mm-hmm. um, people were burned at. Um, and his StoryCorps story was about how um, – a Methodist church opened their doors to um, to a service and that people were given the option to walk out the back door and that as a community they left – this is <laughs> – That really inspired you. <laughs> they left through the front door. Um, but but – um, Having been involved with gay rights activism because my grandmother ran a flower shop and mm-hmm. our employees were gay. So I grew up with um, people who were my uncles, in essence, yeah. um, my family. And so I I became active in the Columbus community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to see the acts of hatred in this era is just astounding. Yeah. And to see an organization as big as Channel 10 and the Dispatch um, organizing an event that supports and brings forward the best in people right. rather than hate rallies yeah. is huge. The, the, um, the, the reframe from hatred to love is big. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a, you know, truly get the team together. Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do? You know, why didn't we rally? And, you know, how do we as a company mm-hmm. help the community both comprehend that there's too much hate, but then yeah. also be positive and approach it positively? So, again, it's an example of taking the lead in a community that is gay-friendly, that we don't, we don't tolerate that and, in fact, we embrace rather than divide. Exactly. And it's even, you know, it, it's – Obviously, because of that issue, it was gay focused, but it's even bigger mm-hmm. than that. It's you know the whole community, you know, yeah. and it's you know mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, here in Columbus, we mm-hmm. had shootings in a certain part of the city. Mm-hmm. The police mm-hmm. started focusing on that part of the city, mm-hmm. and then you got you know police and community tensions again, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the trust, distrust relationship yeah. that exists. That so you know doing Columbus strong, it's really it is supporting. You know, the gay community and what happened in Orlando, but it's also supporting the broader community and doing Columbus strong because it is mm-hmm. about the whole mm-hmm. community. So the love, not hate message. The other that I want to bring back, and it ties to another show, was the Intelligent Community Forum Summit that happened here recently. And Columbus was named the intelligent community in the world last year, 2015. And a well, lot of that's great. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> and a lot of that intelligence. You must have contributed to that. <laughs> I think I had zero impact on that. But um, it is focuses on technology, but it also focuses on the underpinning of what builds community. So what the Wolfs do, what the Wexners do, what that Columbus partnership does to create a sustainable environment, what Rev1 Ventures does. And there are just a range of infrastructure that is often invisible and in Columbus specifically, heavily supported by our business community in giving back to the community to create a healthy ecosystem. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, it really is great to see. Columbus is a gem that people don't realize, you know, what it really does. You know, we just won the innovation award of the $50 million. And the reality of that is the partnership came together. They wanted to match the 50. They didn't match the 50. They 
They doubled it. Doubled it to 90. (laughs) So now we have, you know, $130 million to look at the future of transportation and a smart city. Mm -hmm. And so we'll wrap up this segment in with that theme that the dispatch has a vision of helping our community make better decisions and also supporting the community as a business. So, so yes, we're in business to make profit. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. And yet there is a reinvestment to keep the community ecosystem healthy and that creates a healthy business. Exactly. So we will be back momentarily with Joe Gallo. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today we're joined by Joe Gallo from the Dispatch Printing Companies. And earlier on we were talking about how you've spent your career and how you focus staff to get results. So could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. The internal focus is not that much different than the external focus. We were talking about the engagement mm-hmm. of the community and really that for a media company, that's our customer. Internally, what I really expect of people is to be relentless advocates for the customer and to do it in a teamwork, collaborative approach. Mm-hmm. So that is, you know, to make sure that you know, if you really have the right focus, it's not about what you want. It's not about what you know, your boss may want. It's about what the customer is and what the customer needs and wants. So being that customer advocate is a real focus for mm-hmm. us. I'll throw out um, an acronym um, from my IT background. Okay. I have to have one. <laughs> so truly, I just uh, modified this to truly be a chit. And it's because of the Wolf family. And I you know, added one aspect of it being integrity. So what the acronym CHIT for, uh, for me stands for is customer community, honesty, integrity with teamwork. Mm. So looking at that as, to come back to your question, what do you focus your people on and how do you focus your people? If you're focused on those three things, I could truly never have a problem because we're aligned in how we look at both the company internally Mm -hmm. and working together, but then how we engage with the community. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of other interviews and, again, some of the most successful executives I've worked with and and these – threads that come through are things like honesty and integrity. And we see in the media the worst case of uh, Bernie Madoff and those kinds of people. In some media. Let's clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> we see news stories about the, what, the dysfunction of... I'm a little sensitive. <laughs> and yet what we don't see, because I don't know that it sells as much, 
is the brilliance of many senior executives who truly are completely honest. They act with integrity. They act with the the focus of the community. We all make mistakes that we're human. But it seems like executives are often painted as as people who are uncaring because we let people go or we divest parts of companies. And yet the folks I've interviewed, and I try not to interview (laughs) Uh dishonest people, (laughs) but there's such a strong thread of personal vision and values that show up in then how they run their companies. Yeah, I think you have to be successful. You Mm -hmm. have to have that core. And, you know, all of us, I truly think end up where we are and what we do for a reason. For me, mm-hmm. being in a private company, being able to, you know, work for a family that's, you know, community focused, but mm-hmm. also so people focused. And being able to align that um, mm-hmm. is a, a good alignment for me. But mm-hmm. I do think that, you know, that success comes from knowing what your chit is, mm-hmm. right? to go mm-hmm. back to my acronym. And being able to emphasize that and truly believe it, because if you don't have, you know, your own integrity and you don't treat people with respect, mm-hmm. people see through that. And it's challenging to be a leader if you know, they see through or don't believe in what it is that you believe. Mm-hmm. That, that trusting collaboration seems foundational. Exactly. And yet you've had to make tough decisions that people didn't like. Yeah, and that's never fun. Uh But when you make them and you communicate the rationale behind them Uh and, Uh you know, why it's happening, uh, the sale of the newspaper is a a good one for the Wolf family. You know, they owned that for over 100 years. And we recognized as a company that being a large metro newspaper Uh as a standalone entity that we didn't have economies of scale to be able to sustain – Uh, the newspaper for as long as a bigger company Uh that would be able to leverage content from multiple locations Uh as an example and have a newspaper in the community for Uh a longer period of time. So as hard of a decision as that was and Uh as shocking as that may have been for Uh the community, I think it's a great example where you you do make the hard decisions, but when you lay out the rationale Uh and understanding of the decisions, Uh it's much easier to accept, even though it's hard. So the integrity and honesty are really about how you deal with the precious asset of the humans who work with you, in some cases through their entire careers. Yeah. Yeah, and I truly, you know, that's something that, again, coming up through technology, um, I may be a little warped on this, but I do (laughs) think that, you know, now I'm working a lot with sales and with marketing, with all the other functions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I've always gone with the philosophy of you develop your people and challenge your individual people to excel and Mm -hmm. hope that as they do that, there's a position and a role within your company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we both succeed in that case. Mm -hmm. But if there's a reality, they're developing and having interests that don't either align with the company and they evolve a different way Uh or if they evolve and they're really ready but we don't have the role at the time Uh when they're ready we've done a great job to prepare a a person for their next role for their next company and if you take that philosophy i think it lets you release from the maybe more maniacal (laughs) yeah you only get this training because that's what we we need this thing and look at it from that perspective and that's, again, it sounds like where the community focus comes in. If we've trained good people, they move on to somebody else in the community. The community benefits. And, in fact, they may come back. Exactly. Even in the IT world, you mm-hmm. know, that is so common. Because, <laughs> you know, you, you, people get skills, mm-hmm. you know, get opportunities, and it, mm-hmm. it's just a hot area, and it has been for so long. Mm-hmm. That, that reality is... Yeah, something that comes around and around. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I'm really proud of in my career is um, when I was with Cox, we actually shut down a division. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys gave me feedback that, you know, what he enjoyed most was he didn't always agree with me. But mm-hmm. at least I explained why we were doing what we were doing mm-hmm. and where we were going. And that's what he missed the most is the where were we going. Mm. So, you know, that aspect of you know, being able to inspire to action, mm-hmm. it sort of comes full circle mm-hmm. with, 
you know, how you approach people, you know, with the honesty and integrity, but to develop them individually. Uh-huh. And you're somebody that they want to work for and they enjoy working uh-huh. for and there are aspects of things they miss. It was just personally gratifying to have yeah. that opportunity to get the feedback from someone. So it sounds like Inspire to Action <clears throat> isn't just the dispatch, it's you. I think that's fair. <laughs> that's, but again, it's, I'm, I landed and I'm with the dispatch. I think there's mm-hmm. some serendipity there. Yes, I have found a company that aligns with what I think and believe, and mm-hmm. it works. Well, that's certainly a lot of what I've written about in, in my books is who I am and what I do has to be aligned long term. Short term, I can do lots of stuff to pay the bills. Right. But <laughs> what you need to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying go home and quit your job. <laughs> but for us to truly thrive as human beings, we need to do what we're proud of, what we're aligned with, what we feel good about. Yeah, absolutely. And that it's kind of interesting to me because my dad had 36 years with one company and mm. it was his career and mm-hmm. he did very well and progressed up through the career. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me as having four different jobs and is like, wow, you know, you've done well for yourself. And he's proud of his son being mm-hmm. president mm-hmm. of the company. But you know, it's shocking to him that you can do it moving around mm-hmm. you know, so different, so many places. And you hear that the new thing is the, quote, gig economy, where people do very, you know, small jobs or small, mm-hmm. you know, engagements and they move around. And I really think if people recognize that there is that alignment and it's not just mm. that mm-hmm. one gig. It is, you know, a relationship and it's got to have a purpose and not just think of it's this next shiny penny and I'm going to mm-hmm. go run do mm-hmm. that because it's mm-hmm. here and now. Yeah, and that could be a whole separate show, the whole idea of the gig economy and the disaggregation of the workforce. Yeah, and you get another speaker for that one. <laughs> That's Pandora's box for sure. (laughs) Well, and and the point I like, and let's move into, um, what would you share with emerging leaders? And so much of what I hear you saying, the theme that's emerging in in my mind in talking to you is the sense of alignment and values, that you have moved forward in your career by selecting opportunities that aligned with who you are and what you believe. Because I'm sure there were other job opportunities that weren't such a good fit. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that's something that's the classic three-legged stools, people, Mm -hmm. process, and technology. Mm -hmm. But I really do think at the core of that is the people. And it's the culture. And that's what you emphasize. It's going to come out as well, I think, for the customer. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have the integrity and the approaching the customer – then they're going to realize that. And it's the something that is there. And it, you know, it is always interesting to me is some people say, well, you have that it. So it, mm-hmm. it makes sense. And you know, no one can ever say, well, what the heck is that it? <laughs> but I do think, you know, it does come down to really having a genuine focus on your people, your mm-hmm. culture. And then it does lead to fortunes of success Mm -hmm. in the community and for business. So as advice or guidance to young folks, then emerging leaders, whether you're young or not, it sounds like you're saying find out what that those personal values are for you and find where you are most effective, where you fit best. Is that yeah, really what you're most passionate, I would okay. throw that word out because okay. it truly does come to, you know, if you really believe in it and you're passionate about mm-hmm. it, then that's where you will succeed. And there are places out there where you align and not mm-hmm. just look at task, but look at alignment. Mm-hmm. I love that because, I mean, it, it's a luxury for many of us that we get to do what we're passionate about. Lots of people getting up, going to a place they don't like to pay the bills. Absolutely. And and I admire folks' willingness to do that to support their families and themselves. And yet, how do we move toward finding something we're passionate about? Yeah. That it's even possible. Yeah. And um, it, the reality is it's not easy, right? It's easy. <laughs> and I it probably will anger some people, but it is easy to get a job. 
it's not easy to follow your passion. Uh-huh. And you, know, you can follow your passion making the hard decisions and doing what some would consider, quote, ruthless in the corporate world. Uh-huh. But like me, finding a private company that is more focused and aligned with community and people, uh-huh. they're out there. And I think people, if they had that focus, it would become about that. So we're going to wrap up at this point. Joe, thank you. It's such a delight to talk to you. And the themes I heard were really inspiring to action, being clear about what your passion is. And what I heard from you as a resounding, I've been successful because I do value integrity and honesty. I do value inspiring other people and treating my people well and creating opportunities. And as a leader, I want to say, you know, this love, not hate. This idea that um, through your actions, through the commitment of the company resources following your vision really makes our community a place that I'm proud to live in. And yeah, that's great. <laughs> coming well, that's... from D.C. that I am so <laughs> in love with, it's, yeah. it, it was hard yeah. to feel at home in Columbus because it's not where I grew up. Sure. And yet it is these conversations that make me proud to be here. Well, that's great. <laughs> So, Maureen, thank you for your time today. I appreciate being able to share my focuses and my success. It's quite honestly a little humbling to be in a role of leadership in a community like Columbus because, as we've discussed, Columbus is a unique community that has come together and has the partnership and has the Mm public-private partnership that is driving success that is a model for the whole country. And it's good to be able to share that for me personally, it really is about the honesty and integrity and teamwork. And if you individually focus on teamwork and approaching everything with honesty, integrity, and being the relentless advocate for the customer and the community, Mm -hmm. and I do think it takes both, that you'll have great success as you move forward in your career, no matter what path you decide to go down. Joe, thank you for being such an inspiration. I I just really appreciate hearing a senior executive speak so candidly and honestly about who you are and what you're committed to. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So for our listeners, innovative leaders driving thriving organizations, we would love to hear your input. Either email me at info at metcalf-associates.com or on Facebook at Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We would love to hear from you. Give us feedback on what you enjoy, what you would like to hear more of, and if there's anything you would like us to do differently to help you be more engaged, please let us know. And there will also be a picture of Joe on one of those pages with with me from the recording today. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 